If it's Tuesday night, it must be drunk sports. Tonight, we're going to talk about NFL Week 7. The World Series starts tonight, and the NBA kicks off tonight. Plus, Drunk Grant is going to try and drunk fix a few drunk problems. That's beer number three. If you've never been here before or don't exactly remember how we do this, this is not just a podcast. This is also a drinking game. Grant, you're two beers, you're two beers deep, right? That's correct. Fantastic. Why don't yeah. you tell them how this works? So uh, you drink along with me or else you should stop listening because I just don't respect you anymore. Yeah, and that's that, a big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Big deal. I have a lot of power. You don't even know. <laughs> that's not very much power. Um, but anyway, you can drink along with Grant. You can drink at the same pace as me. That's silver metal. I drink about 5% beers. You can drink the same pace as me and drink IPAs or strong beers like that. That's gold medal. Don't do that. Disclaimer, don't do that. Also do that. Uh, and bronze medal for the wimpies out there is drink <laughs> half as That's much good. as me, so drink one beer for every two that I drink. It's weird. You didn't mention platinum level at all. What's up with that? Platinum level is just pie in the sky, man. People do it, man. It's, it's happened. It's like mentioning six perfect games in a row. You know, it's like um, you know, successfully climbing Mount Midoriyama. Which is a hell of a reference, I just like to say. That is a reference. That was pretty good. I will qualify that as a reference. <laughs> but it's sort of like that. It doesn't happen often, but it happens. It's it's possible. It's it, been done. It's been done, right. So come on. So that, of course, is where you drink at. You listen to the podcast at twice the speed and drink along with Grant. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, please, if you're playing this game, do not be in, you know taking care of people. Do not be dr- operating heavy machinery. All the normal disclaimers, blah, blah, blah. Also, you said I was going to fix drunk problems. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Are the problems <laughs> drunk? We're going to, I mean, I can't give anything away. That part of the way this works, by the way, folks. The problems this, are all Pete Rose related. We split. Is he always drunk? I don't know. He looks like it. He does. He sounds like it. We split the show into four quarters. The first three quarters are normal, more more normal sports talk. Of course, Grant gets progressively drunker as we go. He'll generally be about eight or nine beers deep by the time we get to the fourth quarter, which is, of course, Let the Drunk Fix It, where I pose sports dilemmas and other dilemmas, by the way, to Grant. He knows what the topics of the show are up until that fourth quarter, but he never knows anything at all about Let the Drunk Fix It. So That is correct, It's new Jonathan. to him, and it's new to you. We should do like a family feud style Let the Drunk Fix It sometime. How would know. that work? I don't know. Okay. But I'm just saying, I want you to say, put it on the board. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. We could have you try and steal, which is pretty sweet, too. All right. Let's get into it. NFL Week 7 just completed yesterday. First big question. We have some data now. We got some data points. We've seen more than just a few games. Who's the best team in the league, sir? Well, I think as we originally suspected, it's probably the Patriots. Probably, right? Yeah. They have the best point differential by one. Yep. Over the Eagles. Actually, not over the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes, over the Eagles. Actually, over the Eagles. Let who's, me say that with you. Sorry, I drunken, thought it was somebody else. Who's the drunken one? No one yet. Oh, okay. You're, you're on your way. Yeah, thank you. I was thinking of a different team. That's all. Right. So thinking the Patriots have the best point differential. They did four of the games without Tom Brady. That was pretty good. Yeah. They did lose one of them. They did. To Buffalo. Brady's looking good. He's not looking like he's slowing down a la Peyton Manning. Brady actually leads the league in every significant quarterback category because he now is eligible for them. And their defense is better than it usually is. Yes. Even when their offense is this good, their defense is usually not this good. Their offense is usually kind of bad, but this year... You mean their defense? Yeah, obviously that's what I mean. Yeah, well, you're the sober one, so say things correctly. All right, fine. How am I supposed to do my job if you can't do yours? (laughs) You're doing everything. You're doing great. 
The defense is usually pretty bad, but this year they have maybe the best linebacking core in the NFL. They have Malcolm Butler, who's killing it, killing it at the uh, cornerback position. And they're getting yeoman-like work from their front four as well. As, actually, the front three. And their uh, their corners and safeties and they stuff. They should get that Vince Wilfork back. He's large. Yeah. He's I think it's really Plugs up the middle. Just a f- front three for the Pats anyway. Okay. So I agree with you. The Pats are pretty much got to be the best team in the league as of right now anyway. Maybe the more interesting question is who's number two? That's a tough one. I think it was Minnesota laid an egg, but they've looked so good until now. Yeah, I, I, I have him as number two still, but now it's like, you know, let's not forget Sam Bradford kind of blows. Yeah, right? he does. And they lost to the Eagles, who are also still intriguing, even though they've looked really bad in a couple games. When they look good, they look pretty good. As you said, they have the second best point differential. And they in actually the have a pretty good defense, too. Yes, they do. They're surprisingly good. And their quarterback, Carson Wentz, not bad. Let's not go crazy, but he's yeah. legit not bad. The other team I think that is at least a uh, candidate here for number two is the Denver Broncos. Right, and I think that uh, is interesting because that's, I think, clearly the best division in the NFL is the AFC West. They are killing it. The, the Raiders and the Broncos are both 5-2, and two, right? Yeah, and somehow the Raiders only have a plus 6-point differential. The Broncos have a plus 50, Yeah, so it's a little different. But every team in that division has a plus-point differential. The Raiders actually have the worst one with the plus 6. That's kind of shocking. The Chargers have a better one. What's the Chargers record? 3-4. They, and four. They're 3-4, yeah. yeah. And, and the, they're uh, the worst team. I mean, technically the worst team right now, but they might not actually be the worst team in that division. But all of those teams could win any game they play. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if the Raiders can really actually win any game they play. Okay. Maybe not. But they're at least reasonable. You know, Raiders fans have got to be pretty happy about this. The Raiders have sucked for a very long time. You know who time. I think might be an underrated team? And hmm. this is based solely on point differential. Go on. The Cardinals. The Cardinals are 3-3. Three and three. Their point differential is plus 49. You know, I have to correct you. The Cardinals are actually 3-3-1. Three, 3-3-1, three and one. Three, three and one, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> that Don't was forget I, about that. Let's talk about that game a little bit. Okay. So, Sunday night game, the Cardinals-Seahawks, where they went to overtime and they ended up tying 6-6 on two missed really close, really easy field goals. Both, like a 24-yard and a 28-yard right I there. thought it was a great game. I really enjoyed it. A lot of people are saying it was a bad game. Yeah. But I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. People have actually sort of pronounced football bad this year, like the NFL is bad this year and the, the quality of football is bad. I got to say, even with this game in the books, I don't really know what the hell anyone's talking about. Yeah. Looks like normal football to me. I don't. I don't understand why football would be worse this year than last year. What, what anyone's I mean, talking about? The super tip-top receivers aren't being as tip-top as usual. Is that part of it? I mean, okay. Yeah, there's that. Like, like they're, they've been streaky. About? Every every top receiver's been streaky. Julio's looked pretty good. Yeah, but he's been streaky. He's had bad games too. Hasn't they? They always have bad games. Right. Every but, year they have. No one has great games. So everybody game. maybe is having some sort of a bias where they don't remember that from previous seasons. Yeah. And they're thinking they expect Odell Beckham, AJ Green, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, these guys to always do spectacular things every game. Because uh, and I, I'm bringing up the receivers because I think the coolest play in football is the great catch. Yeah, right. that's fair enough. Yeah. I will say this, too. The quarterbacks, with the exception of Brady coming back, have been a little bit disappointing. Like, people thought the best quarterbacks this year were going to be like Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. All three of them have not had the kind of years thus far anyway that people would really Breeze hope Breeze and for. Ryan, though, have both had great years. Indeed, they have. And yeah. Why don't we use that point to pivot, talking about two teams we talked about last week as being maybe among the best in the league. They both took pretty hard L's this weekend, though, Atlanta and Buffalo. So the question is, how good are they really? I don't think Buffalo's that good. Ouch. I think it's hard it's so hard to know though. Because, you know, they have weeks where they look great and weeks where they don't. They have the third best point differential in the league. Just I like know to point they that do, out. they do, but are they that good though? No, Real, they're no. not. <laughs> Somehow they're not that good. And I think they're actually playing New England 
the next the next game the Pats play, I think the Pats might be on bye, but the next game the Pats actually play is at Buffalo. And I have a feeling we're going to come back from that game and Buffalo fans will have a sobering realization that they're not really up to snuff. That may be the case. Yeah. It really may. So I want to talk a little bit about Atlanta, mostly about the decision-making by the coaching staff. Okay. Here because, we go. God, wow. Okay. Maybe right. they could have won this game. Yeah. So we're not lost it anyway. For those who aren't aware of what happened in the game with Atlanta this past Sunday, they went to overtime. Who are they even playing? I don't even remember. Well, gee, I'm glad you asked me yeah. that. You know, you you knew what the topic was. Yeah. You could have researched this yourself. Yeah, I, don't I, I decided off the top not to. Of my head, I can find out, but it's going to take a second. You just I thought it was about, a pretty good team. Probably it, it was actually. Oh, was it Seattle? No, no, Seattle that was lost. Previous. See, it's hard to remember. There were a lot no, of Seattle games. tied. They didn't lose. Um, that is true. Yeah. They. Uh, it was San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Okay, they were in Atlanta. Yeah, but see, okay, so that's not a great loss, but San, that shows San, something for San Diego. I think Atlanta still probably has the best offense in the league. But anyway, so the scenario is this: we're in overtime. Atlanta gets the ball first, and the rules of overtime are as such. If you score on the first drive of overtime and it's a touchdown, you win the game. If it's a field goal, then the other team has a chance to score. Okay. Right? But if the other team stops you and gets the ball before you score, all they need is a field goal. Right. Then it becomes sudden death. As, soon as, Im- as soon as you don't score, it becomes sudden That's death. That's very important. Right. Because I and you, Jonathan, I know for sure— we both think that coaches are way too conservative on fourth down. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everywhere on the field. Almost right? always. Yeah. Except, this is except, not one of those spots. Yeah. So Atlanta was on their own 45, and it was fourth and one, and it was the first possession of overtime. Right. Meaning they needed a touchdown to score. Touchdown to, to win. Touchdown to win, field goal to give themselves a shot to win. Yeah. But if they gave it up and the other team scores on just a field goal, Atlanta loses. Yeah. And they decide to go for it on fourth and one on their own 45 in that scenario. I think going for it on fourth and one in your own 45 is actually one of the worst places you can do it usually. But in this exact scenario, I think it's a complete disaster. Okay, I got to say one thing, though, which is mathematically going for it, fourth and one in your own 45 is actually perfectly fine. And in fact, what you should be doing. I think it is, too. But I think there's so many better places on the field to go for it on fourth and one. Well, this is a place, though, yeah, where like when you don't get it, the penalties are much higher than normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like it isn't just that the other team scores a bunch. They score and the game is over a bunch. Like the other team gets one first down and they have a reasonable field goal attempt right, right. away. Right. This is a That's different a scenario than a normal fourth and one on right. your own 45. This right. is. Because so of bad. the because of the overtime circumstances, it's I think it's a train wreck to go for it here. Yeah. So Atlanta, do, do, do you agree? Or? No, I do agree. Yeah. I, I was shocked they went for it, even though they have a great offensive line and Devontae was running all over, you know, the Chargers. Even so, it feels like you just got to punt it away. I mean, there. we're not going to do the math here, but say say in some world they get the first down seventy five percent of the time. They then still have to score in some way after that. And what percentage of the time is that? You know, it's probably. 40 for a touchdown and 75 for a field goal, something like that. I don't that. even think it's that high. Probably not. Probably not. But then you take all those parlays plus the chance that the other team just gets one first down and kicks a field goal and beats you. Yeah. It can't be right. No, I agree. It I just agree. can't. I think it's pretty clear a punt and you play defense. That's that. All right. Let's roll on Bucks and, uh, sorry, uh, Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons now four and three both and in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about I the think Mi- Atlanta has better prospects. I'm just going to say Me that. too. Me yeah. too. Atlanta's lost to the Bucks in week 1. Besides that they lost to the Seahawks and Chargers all in one score games. Atlanta could be 7 and 0. Yeah. All right. Let's talk quickly about the Miami Dolphins. I know what you want to talk about. Yeah, cuz I told you yeah, ahead oh, of time. There's yeah. uh there's two no, running No, let them No, come on. Keep that behind the curtain. Right. Let no them one... think I'm that good. You are that good. Don't worry. Thank you. Uh so there's running back news. First of all, Arian Foster retired today. 
Arian Foster did retire. And yes. Jay Ajayi, probably helping Arian Foster to go quietly, gently into that good night. Jay Ajayi just ran for back-to-back 200-yard games. He had 204, then 214 yards on Sunday. Holy moly, it's only the fourth time it's been done in the Super Bowl era. Ajayi didn't even play the whole game. He he was minorly injured before the end of the game and came out. I mean, holy smokes, that's impressive. Let's start with a quick... Uh, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Eulogy for Arian Foster. All right. Here. I, I, yeah, really go quick. Ahead. You got some stats? Yeah, sure. Right, he averaged for, for his career 4.4 yards of rush. He had 6,500 yards rushing, 2,300 yards receiving. He played 80 games total. What do you think? He had a short career. Yeah. I mean, he's considered for now, he's still considered like a great player, I guess. I mean, people didn't expect him to be great this year, but right. until he was injured just too many times, people thought he was a great player. He was kind of a trashy player coming out of college, right? People were like, ah, oh, this guy's a nobody. And he, he was absolutely nobody. He's one of those guys for you fantasy football nuts out there who flew up draft boards about three or four years ago just, you know, um, like in August where he went from being like in the 14th round pick to all the way up to like the third round and, and justified it and was immediately one of the best running backs in the game. Question, does he, is he ever going to sniff the Hall of Fame? No. No, he's not. He didn't That's do it right. for long enough. He had three great years. Right, his, best, his best year, I got the stats from his best year, oh, which is an incredible year, to be Go fair. On. Great year is 2010, 1,616 yards, 16 touchdowns, 66 rece- receptions for 604 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Yeah, he was really good. And he had two other years that were not that good, but both were kind of close to that. Yeah. So he had three great years, but the rest of his years were honestly unimpressive. He was just, you know, he sort of made a tissue paper in yeah. terms of football. It's just tough to last very long when you're a running back who absorbs that punishment and your body just isn't strong enough to handle it. Yeah, but he, he did have those great years, but I don't think it's enough for the Hall of Fame. No, I agree. I, I'd be shocked if he gets any serious consideration. Who has a higher percentage chance to make the Hall of Fame right now? Arian Foster or Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott, because Arian Foster has a 0% chance. You think he's 0%? Okay. I mean, Jay Ajayi has a better chance, too. I mean, like everyone playing pretty much has a better chance because Arian can't. All right, so I guess we have to talk a little bit about Jay Ajayi here. Really quickly. Anything you want to say? How good is he going to be the rest of the season? I don't think he's going to be this good, but I I think he is going to be pretty good. He's, He's. is he going to be a top 10 running back this point forward rest of the season? I think so. You Me know, too. I think his yards after contact are really good. I couldn't find that stat, but I know it's really good. Oh, yeah. Watch so just him trust play. me. Um, but just let's compare Jay Ajayi, who was drafted in 2015, to Todd Gurley, who okay. was drafted in 2015. Cool. And I know they're on different teams. It's different scenarios. But Ajayi this year has 535 rushing yards on 85 carries. That's 6.3 yards per carry. I'm not going to talk about touchdowns because they're statistically an anomaly. Good. Generally. Uh, Todd Gurley has 403 yards on 134 carries. That's, that's three yards per carry. That's worse. Yeah. So who would you rather have on your team? Well, I mean, it's not really fair to compare no, those numbers like that. I mean, if I would rather have Todd Gurley on my team. That's my answer. Probably true, that. yeah. But it's possible three weeks from now, we won't, I won't be saying that. If Jay right, keeps doing this. He doesn't even have to do this. He yeah. just has to look really good for another three weeks in a row. I'll be impressed. It's interesting because Ajay was, even two weeks ago, people were saying, like, this guy is maybe not even going to be in the NFL at the end of the year. Oh, know? yeah. Like, fantasy football teams, players and owners, whatever, were cutting him left and right. I almost cut him from my team. But I held on, and I'm feeling good. All right. Let's roll on. One more thing to talk about here before you crack open that. Fourth beer. Wow, that was a really uninspiring sound. Isn't that what we're going to talk about? Just the beer that I cracked open? Yeah, that's all we're going to talk about. It it's feels good. frothy and foamy. Yeah, it didn't get all over your computer it's gonna for once. It's going to taste delicious. It didn't really make a big sound. That's it's going to make me happier than, than, I don't know. Okay. We're if, just, 
it's it's better than a mosquito bite. Good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So the Cubs and the uh, Cleveland Indians are playing the World Series game. One is happening as we speak. As of the last time I checked, was just before we went on the air. Cleveland was up two nothing in the bottom of the fourth. So just really quickly, you're from Chicago. Basic question: Any thoughts on the World Series and who do you got winning it? Well, I think the Cubs are going to win. I know this is not a good start for that. No. That's my thought from before this game began. Sure. But the Cubs are favorites coming in because they yeah. had the best team in baseball all year. Absolutely. So I feel like the Cubs are going to win. But as a Chicagoan, in my soul, if such a thing exists, it feels as though it can't happen. Well, that's just, probably the way Indians fans feel too, though, in fairness. It probably is, but they're less famous for it. So I get okay. I get to trump them on that. Um I'm going to go with uh, Chicago can't win, and if Cleveland also can't win, then I guess we're going to have this weird Game 7 that goes to inning 500. That would be awesome. You know, I like would that. watch that. But then it's going to be purgatory for those guys. HBO had a movie with Andy Samberg and the tennis Kit movie. Harrington. Yes, yeah. the tennis movie, where they were playing at Wimbledon where there are no tiebreakers. You have to win by two games, and they were at, like in the 100th game against each other, and they took breaks. It went over the course of like a week and a half and all these great things. Yeah. So it reminded me of that, that just was a, a little bit. That was a decent thing they did It was there. pretty good. Yeah, uh, so I think, I think the Cubs ultimately probably will win, and I think yeah. it's going to be pandemonium. It's already pandemonium that they're even in there. Th- um, to your point earlier on, they are the best team in baseball by a lot. They have a 252 run differential. Cleveland, pretty good, second in the AL with a 101 point differential. But that just tells you something, right? Like a yeah. run and a half more. Well, no, not really. I guess about a run more per game. The Cubs outscored their opponents by then Cleveland. That is a huge amount. It's really hard to overcome that. The Cubs also have better offense. They've got Chris Bryant. They've got Anthony Rizzo. Both teams got great pitching. But I think the Cubs even probably have better pitching. I don't see how Cleveland wins this. Even though right now, in the top of the fifth, they're up 3 nothing. I still like the Cubs to win. And I hope I'm jinxing them. Uh, you might. Because you, you know why? Because fuck Chicago pizza, baby. Yeah, fuck you, that deep you, dish. You make a lot of fans when you say that. That's yeah, for I sure. We hey, got, if it's like uh, that Twilight movie where there's the teams. Yeah. Team Grant and Team Jonathan. A lot more Team Grant people for sure. Oh, for point. sure. No I doubt. sparkle far brighter than Jonathan Sparkles, for those who want to know. Uh, anyway, Left. you know, if the Cubs do end up losing this World Series, yeah. it's getting closer and closer to a Billy Goat actually getting sacrificed on the mound. You know, it's funny you should talk about that because last week you explained about the curse. Yeah. And Danny Sprung tweeted us. We're, of course, at Drunk Sports Show, where you can send your yep. Let the Drunk Fix It ideas, comments about the most recent show, ideas for the new show, anything else you want to tell us. We're always open to your thoughts. Danny Sprung said, actually, there were 16 16 teams in Major League Baseball in 1908, eight in each league. Grant had said there were eight total. Yeah, I don't know much about baseball. Grant also (laughs) said in 1908, that was when the Billy Go curse happened. Danny Sprung says the Go curse came in 1945, not 1908. Still love the baseball talk. Keep it coming. Danny Sprung, you are a trooper, man. Well, he knows a lot more about the Go curse than I do, I guess. Yeah. But man, that guy had a goat. He was trying to bring a goat to Wrigley in 1945. It made it seem a little bit more legit if it was 1908. Dude, it was the (laughs) end of World War II. Anything was possible. That goat built a missile. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of things you got wrong, we were talking about Schlitz and its alcohol content also on last show. And Leo Duty, that's a real name, so don't make jokes. I, you just made a joke. I know. <laughs> Leo Duty <laughs> tweeted at us, uh, at Drunk Sports Show, of course. He says, Schlitz is 5.9 ABV, that's alcohol beverage. Something. Alcohol by volume. There you, you go. Child. Well played, Grant. So you got that one right because I was saying it was more like 2 or 3%. Yeah. Not knowing anything about this, admittedly. So I just want to... Why do you talk like you know that? You got to do that when you're, when you're recording yourself. Yeah. 
All right, so um, we both like the Cubs to win, even though they're losing right now. That is a ballsy prediction, I got to say. They're losing. I can't – you know, I feel like they're going to lose. And I'm, would, I am, you, would you put money on the Cubs right now to win the series? No, because – I'm not a superstitious person, but maybe I am. This yeah. is kind of the way this is feeling. How about this? How about, you know, we have our drunk sports bets. Would you take the Cubs or would you take the Indians right now? I don't want to take either. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck with this. Come on. No, even though I don't care that much about baseball, like I understand from living in Chicago for the majority of my youth, I understand what it is to be a Cubs fan. I understand oh the way people feel about this, and yeah. I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to fuck with God's dials, man. So, so bet on the Cubs. <laughs> Choose the Cubs. You can take the Cubs. I'll take the Indians. Uh, it's just one of our drunk sports bets. It's fine. Fine. I'll take the Cubs. Yes, you fool. All right, I'll take the Indians. Now I get to root for somebody. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to get into our NBA preview. We're going to also preview our top 10 bigs in the NBA as well as a little LTDFI. During the break, Grant Dennison over there asked me about what the ticket prices are for this World Series. So I did a little research. We had to we had to figure this out. It was too here's, much. Here's some interesting little facts for you about this. So the average list price for a ticket to one of the four games in Cleveland is over $3,000, which was the most expensive home average ever for a World Series ticket tracked. However, that rain only lasted two days because... The Cubs games in Wrigley are $6,000 on average per seat, and the cheapest ticket is $2,000. By the way, that ticket doesn't even come with a seated standing room only. That is insanity. Yeah. You just, you have to give, I mean, like, you have to be rich to feel completely comfortable paying for these tickets. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you're a huge Cubs fan, I actually have a friend who's a huge Cubs fan, you're paying $18,000 to see the three games. I mean, what? That that seems crazy to that me. That seems wrong. That's like a Honda, right? That's number five. It's like a new Honda. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a good Honda for Hondas, anyway. You know, it's like a or like the most tricked out Kia you're ever gonna find, right? Like a super sweet Kia. But I like, like, I like a super sweet Kia. Yeah, that's you know. For I'm, a, I'm I'm into a super sweet Kia, man. Yeah, for that all you parents good. out there, that's like you know almost a full year tuition at you know college for your one of your well. Of I mean, it's, a, it's so important to a lot of people. I mean, they make romantic comedies about teams like this. You know, it happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder how many GoFundMe's are out there for these tickets. I mean, you know, like people there can't are people be like, that the, many. oh, come on, give me a break. There's got to be a ton of GoFundMe, like, send me to the World Series. Really? It's been my lifelong dream, blah, blah, blah. Well, for sure, right. there's a ton of that. Give all me right. a fucking break. You think there's not that? I just think, why would anyone give any money to no, that? No, I, of course they wouldn't. But oh, are you okay. telling me those things don't exist? No, they probably exist. I was just thinking they weren't Maybe successful. if it's like, if somebody is dying, especially if they're dying young, mm -hmm. then I, that might, that one might be successful. But anybody oh, yeah. who's just like, I I'm, mean, anybody who's like I'm 35 and I'm in IT and I love the Cubs. Like. <laughs> in IT. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're dying young, you can have anything you want. The San Francisco shut down for like a whole day so that kid could dress like Batman and everyone could pretend he was Bat Kid. Remember? Yeah. They made a documentary about it. I'm sure it was a great documentary. I'm sure I would cry if I saw it. But come on, the city shut down. What the heck is going on? Are you? Are I'm you against it. I'm against. I'm against um, you the Make-A-Wish Foundation. You hate kids who have cancer? I'm anti-Make-A-Wish. I'm fine with kids who have cancer, <laughs> but I'm anti-Make-A-Wish. This I is think great. I love how much you're polarizing the audience <laughs> against you so frequently. I'm just saying that money could be spent for better things. Those resources could be spent for better things than 
Great forum, and, buddy. Well yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> really impressive stuff by Run Jonathan. Sports, that gentlemen. was Jonathan Levy. Just in case you guys are confused, this is the point of Gra- voice of Grant Dennison. That was the voice wow. of Jonathan Levy. You know, if I ever run Each for president. Each of us have our own goddamn opinions. Keep that in mind. <laughs> if I ever run for president, they're definitely going to use that against me. That is for sure. All right. Let's uh, jump into our NBA preview. So... It seems pretty yeah, clear. Let's just jump into our NBA. I think we got to get out of that last topic. <laughs> Normally, when I say things like that on these shows, Grant stops the tape and says, "We can't. We got to go back." No, that's when we're it. doing it on the breakdown. And yeah, stuff. it's different. The we're, poker show. Yeah, this is different. We don't, I agree. We don't even act profane on those shows. No, no, it's it's a totally different yeah. feel. It's a culture thing, man. But it's still fun. You should check it out if you like poker at all. At all, or just us. It doesn't matter. I mean, this this show has far fewer listeners than that show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about the NBA, though. So it's not interesting to talk about who you think is going to win the NBA title. Not at all. Not at all. Vegas has Warriors as like minus 150 or something like that, meaning they think it's more likely than not that the Warriors win the title. I certainly agree. I know Grant does also. So my question to Grant is, let's say the Warriors are flying to Denver for, you know, just a, a, a road game in January, and they crash in the Andes. Right. And then... They have to eat each other. It's a really brutal thing. But Steph Curry emerges from the mountains months later. It's like, I'm alive. Right. But, you know, Kevin Durant's kids, um, Draymond Green's kids, they all have cancer. And you don't want to send them to Disney World. Let's be clear about those, that. Those <laughs> kids have a lot of money. We sh- no one should be. Su- they should send themselves. To no, Disney but the, World, in there's money problems in both those families that you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, if all the Warriors die. Yeah. By the way, it's not that they'd be suspended. Or <laughs> no. something, something would They're just dead. Just, yeah. Someone gets a bad injury, but they die. Um, who's the favorites now to win the NBA Finals? The Cavs. Are they really though? Would they? Are they favorites over the Spurs? That's my question. Yes, I didn't even include the Spurs. Who I else three, did you include? I have three teams that I think would be my favorites. So the Cavs? I mean, the Cavs are a very reasonable thing. They won last year. I got year. Cavs. I got Celtics. I got Clippers. Celtics? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think the Spurs are probably better than all three of those teams. Oh, my God. I went there. Oh, my. I did it. Oh, my. I dearest. did it. I did it again. That was the voice of Jonathan Levy, not the voice of Grant Tennyson. Yeah. Um, I think the you Spurs. You should have seen the way Jonathan <laughs> pointed when he did that. Oh, good. I'd like to hear you describe that. It Go was ahead. fancy. Yeah. Yeah. That's about- <laughs> well said. Yeah. Well said. Nicely done. See, you avoid you avoid things I don't. That's fine. Uh, so the Spurs, I think, are actually probably the second best team in the league still. That's uh, what I'm here to say. You know what? You probably have a good argument there. I just didn't feel like picking them. I just felt oh. like I did, I, maybe they're not. Maybe Tim Duncan was really more important than we realize. That is possible. But Kawhi's going to be a year older, and he's still super young. Kawhi is great. Tony Parker's a year older, too. That's M- true. Manage Nobly is a year older, too. Yeah, those are Lamarcus good Marcus Aldridge is kind of not that great. Right? Oh, I mean, my he's, he's pretty God. good. He's pretty what good. What are you talking about? His numbers weren't as good because he was on a team that was busy winning like 65 yeah. games. Come on. But he's kind of a one-trick pony. One trick meaning he plays great defense, rebounds. He does not play great defense. He does play good defense. He plays average defense. He plays above average defense. Barely. You are crazy. Barely above average. You're absolutely wrong about that. And he Um, does not rebound that well. He rebounds reasonably well. He hits the mid-range shot, which is a dying art. Yes, he does. He hits. (laughs) I mean, his fadeaway is insane. It's like, how does that have a perfect switch every time? It's pretty cool. I mean, look, they made him their second core player on that team. 
and they were one of the best teams of the league last year, you know, without missing a beat. There are rumors that he wants to leave, by the way. There are not rumors that he wants to leave. That is untrue. The rumors are that if the Spurs have a tough year, meaning they aren't at the 65 win pace and more like in the mid-50s, that they may decide to cut bait on LaMarcus because the timeline doesn't really match up with Kawhi. Those are the only rumors that I'm aware of anyway that Zach Lowe writing about. The rumor is that LaMarcus Aldridge is pro-make-a-wish. He's coming coming to kill you because he knows what you are trying to do. So if we know I'm going to die, does that mean I can just have anything I want? Can I just tell people what I want? They're just going to give it to me since we know I'm going to die? It's the same thing. Why wouldn't you try? It's free roll. I would try. (laughs) And you know what? I mean, look. I'm not going to defend myself. I was about to go, <laughs> you probably no. shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. I was about to go no defense of the make a wish thing. I feel strongly about that. So, um, so you you think the Cavs and you don't like the Spurs, but you think do you think the Spurs like who wins seven game series right now? Cavs Spurs. I don't know the answer. I mean, those are two great teams, and they this the Cavs have LeBron. I mean, LeBron is better than anybody. You know, I you know I'm starting to think that the Spurs maybe it's just because I'm getting fatigued by how many years the yeah. Spurs have been good. That part might be part of my bias here, but and at least I'm aware of it. Isn't that beautiful? It's meaningful uh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe is like Kawhi is a superstar. I I believe yes, that. For sure. I'm not I think LaMarcus is quite good. He's, he's not a top a, 20 player? He's 20, 20 25 somewhere okay. in there. He's okay. not a superstar. He's top 30 player maybe. And the rest of their pieces might not be that good. Like, Tony Parker was great. Yeah. He's not that great anymore, and he's going to get older this year. They got a rookie first-round draft pick. Entropy happens even to the Frenchman. Yes. They, yeah. <laughs> they have a rookie first-round draft pick, point guard, though. So, in theory, to, like, take yeah, some of the Spurs off Spurs first-round draft pick. Yeah. No, he's a late first-round draft yeah. pick. But a lot of people had him going mid-first round. He ended up going around 29 or whatever. So who knows? But a lot of those guys don't work out. But the Spurs seem to do better than most. By the way, Parker went 29th many moons ago. Right. So the exact equivalent for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Ginobili, I think, is probably pretty much done. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he didn't have gone. much of a year last year. Agreed. Agreed. So I don't think they have many big pieces besides Leonard and in Aldridge. They lost David West. I don't know that that matters. No, that he's doesn't. on the Warriors now. Yeah. Because he's, he's not. Having, he actually said he's not chasing rings, too. Well, we sh- why wasn't that part of this segment? Because that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That David West would say that after. What, how he gave much up money ten, did he lose? I think he gave ten or eleven million dollars to go play for a minimum deal for the Spurs. Right. Give guaranteed like eleven and a half to play like for a one and a half million dollar with the Spurs, and is essentially doing that again. Not giving up anything, but going now to the Warriors to do the same thing. He's obviously chasing rings. No, he's not chasing rings. He just loves the chemistry, and he's always wanted to play in these cities. These are just his first opportunities to do so. Clearly. Oh my God! How could he say that? The, Maybe the mu- he truly believes it. Maybe Listen, he's convinced himself that the music scene, the midnight music scene <laughs> in San Francisco, is amazing, and no one talks about it. You know? Yeah, you got me there. That's what David West is all about. Hey, one other thing that happened that was at least kind of interesting. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about how the Lakers signed E. Gian Leon to yeah. an eight million dollar deal. And we actually ended up deciding it was not a bad deal at all for the Lakers with all the incentives and things. And with the way the NBA is trending towards big men who can shoot. Yeah. And yeah. also the contract, you know, $8 million isn't as much as it used to be in the right. NBA. But they cut him. <laughs> they I cut guess him he yesterday. wasn't that good. Well, uh, he did request to be cut. However, if he was dominating he thought he was going to play, I'm sure he would not have asked to be cut. Yeah. So that's one half of the equation. The other half, much like Jay Ajayi, you know, playing well and Arian Foster retiring— 
They didn't just cut E. They kept Metal World Peace. I thought that guy was done like two years ago. I thought that guy was in jail or something. <laughs> well, you know, the, you got to have an enforcer, right? Oh, wait, no, that's hockey. <laughs> so <laughs> so I don't know what his role it can possibly be. Because how old is he now? He's like in his upper 30s. He's, yeah, he's got to be at least And he elbowed 34. the shit out of James Harden. And I'm sure he's got a few more elbows left in him. I mean... Are the Lakers just going to be just this brutal backyard brawl team this year? Is that what they're trying to do? Luke Walton is the coach. I don't understand. They've got all these young pieces now. They have Brandon Ingram. They have D'Angelo Russell playing the point. They've got the uh, the kid from Kentucky playing power forward. Julius Randle. Thank you very much. Yeah. They've just got a lot of they got a lot of reasonable pieces. They still have Nick Young. You could decide if that's good or not. That's not good. Okay, fine. They've got the um, the two guard slash combo guard kid who they just signed. Oh, Clarkson. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson. Yeah. Thank you for knowing these names. Even as you continue to drink, it's very impressive. I know. It's so amazing. I just don't know why you'd want Metal World Peace around these guys because one thing he does not really stand for is peace. He <laughs> is he is divisive. Yeah, I think it's divisive. You know, I, I wonder that, but on a podcast today, a really smart guy said divisive, and so I thought, I'm going to start saying it that way. That's Who's what happened. Who that? Who says so smart? It was um, some political guy. Oh. But he's a smart dude. All right, so fine. I'm like, maybe it's divisive. I don't know. I, you know. I always said divisive until just now myself. Well, I prefer the colloquial definition or terminology. Definition? Not that uh, pronunciation. Yeah. You know, I, finally, it shows that I've been drinking, and you're <laughs> not the drunk one somehow. Anyway, I don't... Okay, so maybe what's going on here. Yeah. Maybe. And I don't think that... The Artest signing has anything, sorry, World Peace signing has anything to do with the Jean-Leon release. Although maybe. It just is a spot. It leaves a spot for him. It's a spot. I think maybe someone in the Lakers brass was thinking, you know, we should bring in a veteran who has played for the Lakers before. A guy who who can show these young guys, because we have such a young core now, show these young guys how, how to play the game right. And they just got it totally fucking wrong because Ron Artest is a criminal. Like that guy is brutal. Wow. Yeah, you you went there, huh? Yeah. Criminal. That's I a mean, little he's strong. Not, he, as far as NBA players go, the way they okay. act on the court. Yeah. That's what he is because he's, he's he's the guy who punched a fan. He's yep. the guy who elbowed James Harden in the head so hard that I was worried James Harden wasn't going to get up. By the way, saying he punched a fan is not really fair. He did a he walloped a fan. Yeah. He went into the stands and spent. Like a good thirty-five seconds throwing punches at a guy, by the way, who had not thrown the the glass of beer. So therefore, he is a criminal because that's assault. It was, although I don't think he was ever criminally charged. Right, but he probably should have been. Yeah, he probably should. Yeah. So anyway, so my question is, will he be on the roster all year? I hope not, for the sake of the Lakers, because even though the Lakers have been such a train wreck disaster with the whole bullshit Kobe farewell tour thing and everything. Their young core is really intriguing. D'Angelo Russell, that guy didn't get a fair shake last year because Byron Scott was the fucking coach, and yeah. that guy is garbage as yes. a coach. Yes. But D'Angelo Russell has a ton of talent, and he's got his metrics and everything about his physicality is is perfect for today's NBA. And then and then you got Julius Randle, who was injured for a lot of his very young career, but he has a lot of potential still. I mean, not really. I think he has potential. Whatever, not really. Okay, Brandon Ingram has a lot of potential. Sure. Yeah, and Jordan Clarkson is a good piece, right? At best. Like, yeah. he's a reasonable piece. He's yeah. like a rotation piece. But they they have a chance to be like a playoff contender within a couple of years. Yeah, if the, if the kids grow up quickly. Yeah. And also, they're going to get, you know, probably more more bites at the apple in terms of top draft picks because their team still isn't that good. I can't imagine Meta World Peace is going to be on this team for the whole season. The, the, the Celtics cut R.J. Hunter, who was a first-round pick last year. The Suns cut Archie Gooden. Goodwin, excuse me, who was a first-round pick three years ago. Both those guys have got still legit upside 
could be good. Have you know, um, Goodwin is an incredible athlete. He hasn't put it all together yet. But if you're the Lakers, why would you keep Metal World Peace instead of taking a shot on this kid? That's a great point. You have to take yeah. so. So I would cut Metal World. I would have already cut Metal World Peace, or as soon as I could, and picked up one of these guys on waivers in the next few days. If I was the Lakers, that makes much sense to me. Yeah, I yeah. This is uh, this is confounding to me. I don't understand what's going on. Well, if Grant's confounded, then someone's doing something right. Is that? Is that true? That's so. That's the drunk sports show slogan, which we've kept from you all these all these weeks. I guess all these months. It hasn't been very. It's been long. months. It's been like. Are we in month four now? Something like that. Something like that. What beer are you on? Five. Five. How how far into it are you? Close. Good. All right. We're gonna take a break. It's halftime. We'll come back. We're gonna break down the top ten bigs in the NBA. The NBA preview continues right here, right now, as we break down our top ten big men in the league. That's beer number six for Grant. So if you're playing along at home, which I assume you are. You should be. You need to be if you're going to enjoy this show. I mean, we are terrible. <laughs> Otherwise, you're screwed. Yeah. So everyone should be on their sixth beer except, of course, the bronze level people. They should be finishing number three. So nice and easy. Just your third beer. What's the big deal? It's just like you're sailing your sailboat. Chilling on your third beer. Yeah. For the silver and gold medal people, it's like, you're in a UFC fight. <laughs> you're ready to fucking go. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, is that a person? Yeah. He's punching you. <laughs> sure. But it's okay, because you got drunk sports. <laughs> We're right here with yeah. you, guy. No problem. Yeah. We're in your ear. We're loving yeah. life. All right. So the way this works, in case you haven't been around for the last two shows or don't remember, because we broke down our point guards and best wing players, is... This is just for the 2016-2017 season. Everybody dies at the end of the 2016-2017 season. So there's no future thought process. It's not about contracts. Everyone's contract is a dollar. Right. And it's I want just for this year. I want to be clear about something else too. Yeah. It's not about how these people will perform statistically on their team, right? It's right. like who you if you were building a team, this is the person you would want to Exactly. Your team. Yeah. There are some guys who really might not put up certain numbers because of who they're with and yeah. that we're trying to take that out of contention here. It's, Which is you know, very hard it's to a draft. Do. It's we're very effectively hard to doing do it because we're obviously using past statistics to make some of these okay. assumptions, but we're doing our best. Yeah. So uh, that, that may explain some of the guys I wanna, we picked, though. I want to make a disclaimer before we start here, here we go. because uh, last last week we were talking about this, about uh, oh, yeah. the the wing players, and I was using win shares a lot as a metric that I was saying this is a reason this player is good or, or, or better than you other You were players. really into the win shares last yeah, week. Yeah, I thought it was a great metric. Uh, I guess I should have done my research a little bit more beforehand because win shares is a shitty metric. Yeah. Win shares is based on how many wins the team had. So I thought it was based above replacement and like without like taking into account. Yeah. yeah. Without taking into account how many wins their team had. But if you're on the Sixers, it's impossible to have good win shares like the ninth best player in the Warriors might have better win shares than the first best player in the Sixers so forget win shares I'm sorry I ever used them fuck off okay win shares <laughs> I'm glad you said win yeah. shares at the end of that all right so with that said let's jump into our top 10 big men in the NBA so this is power forwards and centers you know I so we've done point guards we've done wings yeah and both times we we kind of knew going in it was like oh we're gonna have very similar lists and yeah. we, we did I think this might be the most Diverse list, at least between us. I assume that we're going to have at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys. We're going to share at least seven guys on this list. Is my that guess. sounds about right? But that that'll be the least of I think all the, the order. Uh, the might be lists. more. I think the order might be more different here. Yeah, the last time with point guards, I remember the top eight guys were the same in slightly different yeah. orders, and even the wings we had them. Our tiers within the tiers they were different, but the tiers yeah. were pretty obvious. Okay, I think number one we might maybe the only place we agree. 
It's my guess. Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. Yeah, if, you, if you're starting it. right now this season, starting a new franchise, that's the guy you want. Yeah, even just for this one year, he even last year where it was kind of a disappointing year for him, he put up 24 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks, 1.3 steals, shot 49%. Is able now to hit the three at least a little bit, hits free throws, and he was he's twenty three right now. Meaning, and he was partially injured for yeah, most yeah. of the year. Right, like, no, he's, like, the, go he's ahead. number one. He's got he's got a, a real good chance to take a huge leap forward right now. And even if he doesn't, he's probably the third best big in the league. I yeah, mean, right. I mean, but I expect him to take a clear step forward. Some of my later ones, uh, some of the people who are omitted versus my later ones are a lot based on where I think they'll go this year as sure. far as big steps forward. Totally reasonable. Yeah. All right. Who you got at number two? I got Boogie. Hey, me too. All right. Ah, that's good. He, actually, his numbers are kind of impossible to keep him off this list at the, this high. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to put him at one, honestly. I originally had him at one and finally moved Anthony Davis to one because I'm like, he's I mean, be if you're really drafting year. for a new franchise and it's only going to be a one-year franchise, I, I think you got to take Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is way better at defense yeah. than Boogie, too. But Boogie's numbers are impressive. 27 points. I couldn't believe he scored 27 points a game. That's a lot. 11 rebounds, five assists. That's crazy. That's That doesn't seem right. No, I got 3.3 3 assists. Yeah, yeah. The five is so... I don't know why I have five there. No, it's 3.3 3 assists. Okay, 3.3 assists. 1.4 blocks, 1.6 steals, 45% from the field. He hits threes at a reasonable rate. Can hit his free throws reasonably, too. He's 26 years old. Yeah. He's he's fantastic. He might be the best center in the league right now. He probably is. Yeah. So And he may not be on the Kings for much longer. We'll find out. All right. So, so far, so good. I think I know who you're picking three, and it ain't who I have. Yeah, you probably do know who Your I have. Your favorite player. You Earl love Anthony this guy. Towns. You are just like, have you? what happens on Valentine's Day when his mailbox is so overflowed, he doesn't get all of your Valentines, only some of them? I find a way to get in, into his house. Yeah. And I put a little note. It doesn't say who I am. Good. But it says, Carl, you know who this is. <laughs> I love you. But does he know who it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Carl Anthony Towns was clearly very good last year. 18 points, 10.5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.7 blocks per game. Shot 54%. Let's talk a little bit for a second. Hold on. Okay. Shot 54%. So Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, and Boogie Cousins, they have similar games. They're big guys who have some range, right? Sure. Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns shot 54% last year, where Boogie shot 45%, and Anthony Davis shot 49%. Yeah, Boogie scored a lot more points, though, per game. He was more of the, the offensive he burden was, was on his shoulders, I would say. That's true, but but Towns was a 19-year-old rookie. That's a great point. Towns yeah. was definitely more efficient. Towns also had 81% from, from free throw and 1.9 blocks per game. I mean, the kid... Could be the best big man in the league this year. It's not impossible. Yeah, that's why I put him at three, because I wasn't going to jump the gun and put him at one. Yeah, I, I, I know you wanted to, though. I, I didn't was... really watch. I, I believe in Anthony okay. Davis. I really think Anthony Davis is great. But I think Carl Anthony Towns, that was his rookie year. He yeah. could take a huge leap this year. Absolutely. He I, could. I think it's completely reasonable to put him at three here. Yeah. I don't know. I think it is too. I have him at four. So I'm, okay. I'm right there. I just have one guy ahead of him. I assume you have Blake uh, Griffin? Yes, I do. Is that yeah. your number four? Yep. Nice. Yeah, Blake Griffin. He was injured last year. Still put up reasonable numbers, actually. 22 points, seven and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, which that's just impressive right there. Uh, shot 50% from the field. 20, 27 years old. But the thing to remember about Blake, I think, is not so much what he did last year, which were pretty damn solid numbers. But when he was healthy the year before in the playoffs, Chris Paul went down. And he became the point forward. Yeah, he played point guard. For the Clippers. Yeah. And he was immediately one of the three best players in the league. I mean, he was, was unstoppable. Cool. It was pretty cool. And the Clippers cool. were really good with him like that. Yeah, so, I think I think Blake, 
he's getting too old now to to have all the potential that you want him to have. But yeah. but seeing that makes me want him to be twenty two years old and somebody to use him like Giannis, you know, and see yeah. what happens. You know, wouldn't that Something. be cool? Yeah. I mean, the kid is just. I feel like he still does have potential, even though he's twenty seven. And he, which is a little he, crazy. his rebound numbers are a bit down, but that's because of how they use him. He could have much higher rebound numbers. And he was injured too. Yeah. I expect him to have a bounce back year this year in a big, big way. He's also a free agent uh, after the end so of the season. So our three season. fours are inverse. Our one twos are the same. We yeah, got, so far we're pretty similar. You got, so you got Towns at four. Yeah. All right. I think number five is a tier of his own. Um, I think I know you're going to say, and I'm going to be somewhere else. Let's see. Oh, who. you are. I got Draymond. Yeah, I thought that's what you're going to say. I do not have Draymond. All right. I have Andre Drummond. That's my number six. Yeah. So. They're, they're pretty close also. Yeah. They're very different players, which makes Obviously. it Obviously. I mean, Draymond is hyper versatile. 14 points, nine and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists. Just those three numbers are amazing. Crazy. Triple-double machine. He had something like 15 triple-doubles last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, 49% field goal, which is great considering he takes a lot of longer shots. 39% from three, which awesome. is better than anybody else on this list. Yeah. By a lot. 70% from free throw. Pretty low, actually. Yeah, kind, kind of, of shockingly low. If you're going to shoot that well from three, you one point, expect 1.4 blocks and 1.5 steals. 28 years old, so that's pro- we've probably seen peak Draymond already. I, yeah, I don't think he's getting any better. Drummond is still a lot younger. Like yeah, a lot Drummond younger. is a, a freak athlete, so yeah. that, that's pretty cool. I mean, imagine if Drummond gets better from what he did. Last year, he did 16 points, 15 rebounds, one and a half blocks, one and a half steals. Imagine if he just takes a normal incremental step forward from that. He's I expected more blocks out of him, honestly. When I was looking him up, I was like, he's going to have two point something blocks. Yeah. And he only had 1.4. That was surprising. Though. I agree. It was a little weird. I, I was honestly, I was like, I'm definitely putting Drummond above, above Draymond. But when I saw his blocks numbers, I decided to change it. I think that's not crazy at all. I think they're very, to me, they're in the same tier. Um, but I got Drummond ahead of him because I think Drummond can take a step forward, and I really don't see Draymond going anywhere except down a little bit from these numbers. But I can see Drummond scoring 19 points a game, getting to 16 rebounds, and getting those two blocks. I don't know yeah. if he will, but I can see it happening because he still is so young. He's like 23 years he's old. He's like a classic center. He's not a new school center. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he can't shoot for shit. No. By the way, his free throw percentage is 35. <laughs> That's bad. That's worse than the next guy on my list. Ah, the next guy gonna say, that has to be DeAndre Jordan. That's I guess. DeAndre Jordan. He's next. not the next guy on my list. All right, who, that. All right. he did make my top ten. But why don't you talk about why you why you chose DeAndre? Then I'll tell you who I have. Okay, so a lot of the reasons I picked everybody up until number six, which was Drummond, were their offensive prowess. They they're versatile offensive players. Which yeah. Is important in the NBA these days. I don't think DeAndre would count as one of those. No, he does not. Neither does Andre Drummond. No. By the way. No. But I think I picked. Drummond and DeAndre back-to-back. I actually considered putting DeAndre in front of Drummond, but realizing the age difference and the fact that Drummond could jump ahead and, and DeAndre's probably at his peak right now. I mean, also, Drummond can score a little bit. DeAndre really doesn't score Yeah, De- Drummond has a little bit of a post game. Yeah. A little bit. Not much. Not much. But a little bit. Like there's He's just ga- bigger than guys, so he just sort of like, you know. There's guys who aren't sniffing this list who have a far better post game than Drummond. Of course. Yeah. But, but DeAndre, I mean... This year wasn't his best year, but the year before he averaged 15 rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year he just averaged 13.8, no big deal. 12, 12.7 points, 1.2 assists, which is nothing. But he had 70% field goal percentage. Yeah, I mean, but that also shows you how limited he is offensively, right? I mean, it sounds yeah. good, but what it means is he just did a lot of dunks and a lot of putbacks. Right? He also averaged 2.3 blocks. Yeah, that's good. While actually being a good defender by advanced statistics. There are some players who I've omitted from this list who have insane block numbers, but advanced statistics say they are terrible on defense. I'm going to guess you're talking about Hassan Whiteside. Yes, he's Anyone not on else? my list. 
I was hoping you were going to put him on your list so I could make fun of you for putting him down the last few no, weeks. He's not on my list. No, he's not on my list either. He wasn't really considered. Um, we got to talk about him eventually, though. Okay. So, um, so that's your number seven. By the way, for me, DeAndre was ninth. Okay. But so close. For me, no, I'm wondering if this guy even is on your list. For me, number seven was Al Horford. He's my number 10. Okay. He's 30 years old. His numbers from last year are not impressive at all. 15 no, they and are seven, not. Three assists, one and a half, uh, what, one and a half blocks, one steal. Maybe it's the opposite. One and a half steals, one block. Shot reasonably well. Um, 50%, 80% from the line, and 34 from three. But the thing is this. Al's going to have a different role this year. He was playing on the Atlanta Hawks. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. You're, you're going outside the lexicon here. Lexicon is the wrong word. You're going outside the parameters of what we're talking about. You're talking about the role he's going to have now. We're yeah, talking we've... about if you're drafting a team. Exactly. My point is the role he was on last year specifically held him back. And if you're drafting a team, he's going to be able to like do much more. And this okay. year, the Celtics are going to let him do the kinds okay, of things you have to do. Okay, but that doesn't matter. Do. The, what, what he's going to do on the Celtics shouldn't matter for No, but team. I'm saying it's going to show that I'm right. Is okay, okay, fine. Like he's gonna, his numbers are gonna be much better this year because they're gonna let him his you know spread his wings. You can understand a bit. my consternation. I absolutely could, okay. but you're wrong. No, a lot of silence. There. Okay, a lot of awkward silence. So, but Al Horford, I've got I've had the opportunity to really watch him play a lot uh, in the preseason anyway, and it is shocking what it looks like when your team suddenly has a good big man. It's just completely different. Like the first preseason game, I said to myself and to others, "Oh, Al Horford's easily the best player on the Celtics. How about that?" Which really, I didn't know he was going to be by far the best player, but it turns out he is. You know, I think uh, you might be experiencing an availability heuristic right now. You've seen a lot more Al Horford recently than you've seen a lot of these other guys, right? Sure. You've seen exactly how he's good and the ways that he's good, and you've seen how it improves your team that you love to root for. That might make you put him a bit higher than you should. I hear what you're saying, but I would say uh, universally Al Horford is thought of in the top 25 players. A lot of people have him in the top 20 in the league, period. Not talking oh, about I, big I, Yeah, I understand that. And so I, he, I, so he, he's would, on, he makes my list, but yeah. I don't think he's number seven. Is that your number yeah. seven? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, but he's in the top 10, right? Yeah. So it's pretty close. You have a number 10. I mean, these guys are all like at this point, like really yeah. close together, too. I don't think it's a big difference. Who do you have at number eight? I got Paul Millsap. So do I. All right. Nice. I Paul have Millsap, the silent, the silent treatment. That's what they call it. <laughs> That's a good nickname yeah. for Paul Millsap. The because, silent treatment. Because if you if you foul him, he gives you the silent he treatment. He just won't talk to you. Yeah, and it's you expect him to trash talk you, and you're like trying. You're eventually three or four possessions down the line. You're like, Paul, are you, are you okay? And he just kind of <laughs> stares at you. And nothing is said, and it's like, fuck, how can I play basketball yeah. now? This guy's mad at me. It's really disconcerting <laughs> for the players, for sure. Yeah, that's, so that's why he's number eight. No, that's great. Yeah. Silent treatment. I mean, he did a few other things than just not talk to people. He scored 17 points, nine rebounds, three and a half assists, 1.8 steals, 1.7 blocks, but he is 32 years old. So it's hard right. to imagine he's, him. He's not going to get any better, but he might be as good. Might be as good or just a little bit 1. worse. 1.7 blocks and 1.8 steals. Those yeah. are great defensive numbers. He's an interesting guy because before he joined the Hawks just 2 years ago, he was coming off of um what? From Utah where he was always good, but he was never anything like this. He was never mentioned as a possible All-Star and he immediately started making All-Star teams. Now has a huge deal and deservedly so. Yeah. It's very interesting. Let me guess your number 9. Go for it. LaMarcus Aldridge. I already told you by the way who my number 9 was. It's okay. DeAndre Jordan. I knew it was DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I know. You were right about that. Um, so it's not LaMarcus Aldridge because it is DeAndre Jordan. So your number nine is LaMarcus Aldridge? Nope. Then? Oh, nice. LaMarcus Aldridge is not on my list. He's not on my list either. All right. I feel like that's an because we're living in Portland a little bit. Maybe though. it's a little bit that, but also I don't. 
he's just not a fun, exciting he's player. Super not sexy that guy. Yeah. And it's harder to be excited about a non sexy. He player. has a house for his shoes. <laughs> no, what do you mean a house In, for his shoes? When he moved to San Antonio to play for the Spurs, yes. he bought a house that has a back house. He converted that to a house for his shoes. Okay, but but it's not this like a, a full story house. on ES. Yes, and it, it's it's like you could live in there. It's like a it's guest, a guest house. house. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's different than a. a but it's normal for house. his shoes. He it's bathes, like an apartment. He bathes shoe. each individual shoe twice daily. This is not true. No, this. But does he have a house for his shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. As long as Why the things I saw, as long as the things I saw on ESPN a year ago were true. I don't care if they are or not. Well, you can say it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway. So he's not on the list. My number nine is not a guy who statistically should be on the list. I just believe in him, and I think he'll take a big step forward. Okay, cool. Chris Stepps. Chris Stepps, Porzingis. Really? Number yeah. nine? Yeah. Wow, I got to tell you, it feels like a stretch. He's a seven foot three, crazy Eastern European guy who yeah. can shoot threes and is playing great defense already in his young career. I mean, he, is, he averaged 1.9 blocks a game in his rookie year. That is pretty good, I suppose. 14.3 points, 7.3 boards, 1.3 assists. His his percentages were not great. 42% from the field. 33% from three is pretty good for a 7.3 seven yeah. guy. And 84% free throw, which is really important because he actually plays a lot tougher than guys with his frame usually do. He gets to the line a lot. Here's the thing. He's actually already played. They lost tonight uh, in Cleveland. So here's his number. So now instead of speculating on what they okay, might be, okay. tell how he's actually doing and where he's at. 16 points, 5 for 13 shooting, 7 rebounds, 1 steal, no assists, 2 blocks. So his blocks are up to muster, but everything else, I guess he's just not going to do it this year. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess not. You got me there. 5 for 13. I don't know I mean, how you can You can't really say I'm crazy for putting him 9 here. I think you're a little crazy for, for putting him 9 here. I got to tell you. It feels like a little bit of a stretch. I'll admit the big men fall off a bit, but I would have put – I don't have LaMarcus Aldridge on my list, but I would have put both those guys – wait. I would have put LaMarcus Aldridge ahead of Chris Stapp. Fuck you. For sure. And I'm, okay, let me get to your number nine then because I already did and I was wrong. No, it's DeAndre. I already told you. Damn it. My number 10. That's who you're trying okay, to do. Your number 10 is Al Horford. We know that. Yeah. But who's my number 10? It's a guy we've not mentioned Rudy yet. Gobert. No, he's not, he was the number 11 who I did not actually make the list. Uh, oh, yo, Marcus Sol. Marcus Sol, yeah. whose numbers are, like Mike Conley, super unimpressive if you just look at the numbers, right? 16.5 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.3 steals, 1 block, 46% shooting, and he's turning 32 in January. I don't know. It's not thrilling, but he's sort of universally thought of as like top four center in the league. He's considered to be Is a great defender. Is that what defense. we're doing here? No, just no, no, going saying, by universal I'm consensus? Saying, no, it's not that. I'm saying he's... He is one of the best defensive centers in the league. He's one of the only reasons. Him and Mike Conley are the only reasons that team is good every year and makes the playoffs somehow. He's important. It's all Chris Stapps, no Gasol. <laughs> it's Gasol, no Chris Stapps, buddy. And that's that. So that's our uh, – That's we've actually run down now uh, of a whole bunch of NBA players. So from there, we should be able to pull out our top 10 NBA players. And that will we'll happen about that. next week or no, something? No, I think like we'll let the season go on for a while and then do it because we're if, too fresh yeah. on this stuff. So like we'll we'll get some more data and then we'll be able to create a new top ten list based on like six months of NBA players. Okay, maybe cool. around Christmas or something. So like two months. I don't know. All right. So you know what we're gonna do now? We're gonna take a break. And you know what we're gonna come back and do, Grant? I, are we gonna fix your car again? Because I didn't like that. Fix my car? Yeah. You were like, Hey, Grant, my car's messed up. It. Can you just come pick me up? And then I got there and you're like, Hey, do you know anything about engines? Hold this wrench. And it was like hours. You know what else um, I was hoping to do actually is a little let the drunk paint it and have you paint my house. That's cool. Can I be drunk? 
Um, yeah, I don't well, care. I, it's let the drunk paint it. Do you it's own a house? Hashtag LTDPI. Do you own a house? <laughs> I actually do own a house. Do you, okay, do you live in a house? I live in an apartment and I own a house. Listen Why are we to talking Jonathan about this? Levy, elite industrialist. He owns many properties. <laughs> Why did you ask this. It's it's weird and awkward. All right, we're gonna come back with a little LTDFI. Grants into beer number eight, and we are into hashtag LTDPI. That's right. Let the drunk paint it. No, not I, really. Well, what I did paint. It, yeah. I mean, it's. Kind of modern art in a way, and maybe for your palate, it's not exactly the right thing. But if you imagine this red streak here yes. as the bosom of perhaps the forest goddess, yes. then I think you'll see what I'm trying I, to do. I think I do see. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. We're actually going to skip that though, and instead do a little LTDTI. We're not going to. We're not going to LTDFI. Cut that out though, are we? No, we're definitely rolling with that because that's my application to. All sorts of art schools. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's jump into where I throw you sports <laughs> dilemmas and you try and fix them, even though you're in beer number eight. This is, of course, uh, if you have some suggestions for Let the Drunk Fix It, you got to tweet at us at Drunk Sports Show. Please do that. We really want to hear from you. Grant, you ready? No. Fantastic. All right, let's Here go. we go. Grant, I got to tell you, Monday Night Football was a game. But Sunday night was another game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. And you know what happened? They ended up in a tie. Yeah. We cannot have this. Ties are a scourge on the NFL. And we are here to do something about it. We must fix this problem. Go. No ties? No ties. We don't want ties? Come on. Ties suck. Yeah, ties suck. Well, there's a very easy fix that's not entertaining at all. You just play till you have a winner of 15-minute periods. So when you say that, I mean after each 15-minute period is over, if someone's winning, the game's over? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. That, that's easy. That is pretty easy, actually, yeah. You so you do don't want to do like sudden death and no sudden death involved? You can do the college football rules. Okay. Then a lot of points can get scored sometimes in these games. Yeah. Which is okay, but yeah. piss off some fantasy football people possibly, you know. Well, who cares? Some, a lot of people do. Fantasy NFL- football is what keeps the NFL <laughs> so popular. I mean, it's it's part of it, for sure. Yeah. Um, let me try to think of a more fun way to fix it. Okay. Because you gave me such a shitty question. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So instead of having a normal NFL overtime, yeah. How about if they just play basketball? You just <laughs> okay. You, you have a basketball like you roll out a basketball court into midfield. You have every NFL stadium would just have a basketball court that you could roll into midfield. Uh, of course, once this rule was enacted. Yeah. Uh, and the NFL teams would all know who their best basketball players were. I guess it would probably be a team of tight ends, probably, for each team. I don't know. You always hear about the tight ends being college basketball players. I would think some wide receivers would probably be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, probably. Randy Moss was apparently a very good basketball player. Some of the point guard, cornerback type guys, you know. Okay. Sure. 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 So each NFL team has to think about this, though, during roster construction, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, actually, it's just made like, it pretty good. If you're ever in a tie, because regulation ends and you're in a tie, you go to basketball. So you play you play a 12-minute basketball quarter, and whoever's winning at the end of that wins. And if, if there's a tie at the end of that, then you play normal NBA overtime rules. You know? <laughs> of course. Five-minute quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, there's still a shot clock and things like that, right? There of have course. No, the NBA, NBA rules basketball. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, so no dunk contest? You can't just have a dunk contest? Absolutely I... not. You can have a no. Why not? Because it's way better what I said. What you said is pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I have to acknowledge that. Russell Wilson actually had his own solution, which I guess I'm going to share. Now, he said, let's say we're the away team. We win the coin toss. We get the ball on the 35-yard line going in. 
You kick one field goal, he said. You can't do anything else but a field goal. You make the field goal, the game's over. If you miss the field goal, the game's over, and the other team wins. So he, Russell Wilson is suggesting not playing basketball, not rolling out an NBA court and midfield, but instead Why wouldn't he suggest just that? having the away team gets 152-yard field goal to win or lose the game. What do you think about that? Well, that would certainly drive up the value of kickers who can hit, hit 52-yard field goals. Yes. Yes, it would. I mean, also, you would know if you were the away team or not if you wanted to play for overtime pretty well, right? Yeah. Like you'd make some really interesting decisions based on that. I disagree strongly with Russell Wilson. How come? I thought the overtime of that game was awesome. Uh, mm. I mean, like, I know a lot of people said that game was bad. We already talked about this. I thought it was awesome. I thought yeah. it was really cool that the defenses were playing so well. Maybe the offensive lines were bad or, or the offenses were not doing as well as they could. But it turned into kind of a fun, a, a match between the coaches to like try to for field position and trying to figure out how to do this the best you could because you know your offense can't move the ball against that defense. And I thought it was really fun and cool. Hmm. You know, like I wish it didn't end in a tie. I agree with that, but I don't think it means you should end regulation and just have some guy kick kick the field goal. Like that's yeah. the worst fucking idea ever, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Fuck you. That's... You don't like Russell Wilson anybody. Anyway, no, I don't fairness. like Russell Wilson, but I also hate this idea. Right. And I think if this idea came from I'm trying to think of an athlete I really like. I really like Damian Lillard. Yeah. If this idea came from Damian Lillard, I would hate it. Wow, you're very yeah. strong. Now let's talk a little more about your hatred for Russell Wilson. No, no, let's not. No, why do, why do you dislike him so much? I, I, I feel it. like he's the fakest dude ever. Fakest dude like ever. Super fake. Yeah. Huh. What what's an example of that? Just uh, generally the way he acts, but also how he's he claims that. There is a certain type of water that he promotes that can heal injuries. Yeah. Um, he is also a devoted Christian. So this water healed him, uh, you know, about a year ago yeah. when he had a, a concussion. He came back because this water revitalized him and healed him. But God did not. You know, that, that feels a little fake to me. Well, maybe God imbued the water. Did you ever think of it that way? I didn't think about it that way, but it was a certain brand of water. It's and, his brand, right? He, like, endorses yeah, and that I brand, mean, right? if you just ever see any Russell Wilson Instagram post, maybe you'll know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I just know what you're saying. Kind of, you know, he, this guy's kind of full of shit, right? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No, he's a fake dude. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, well, hold on a second, yeah. though. Do you, what do you think about the overtime rules? I think... I, I hadn't thought about playing a completely different sport. I think that's a pretty brilliant idea, and I like that. I think we should do that. But if, but if you had asked me before you had come up with that brilliant drunk sports idea, I think what I would have done was say the overtime rules stay the same except for one thing. The game does not end on a tie. So it just becomes a sudden death game after the second possession happens. Sure. And that's it. It's, so, not, a, it's not a 15 minute period. Yeah. Why is it a 15 minute period? That, that's the part I don't get. Why not just keep playing until somebody scores? That's certainly the most score. logical answer. Like, why, why would you have it be a 15 minute period? It's not like you're playing the game, the next game tomorrow. You've got a whole week till the next game anyway. It's another quarter at most, usually, right? I mean, it's really rare for how often do you see a half end 0 0 in the NFL? Almost never. This just isn't going to happen much. Yeah. So I don't understand at all why the NFL wouldn't change that rule and just get rid of ties. Ties blow. Arizona being 3-3-1 puts themselves in a really tough spot to make the playoffs, actually, by missing that, what was it, a 24-yard field goal for them. Yeah. Because, I mean, what don't they have to, I mean, is 9-6-1 going to get you in the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't know. It seems hard to make the, win the wild card at 9-6-1. I think yeah. you probably have to be 10-4-1. How are they going to be? That's ten, not the that's, correct. Oh, ten math. five and one. <laughs> there you go. Ten five. But how are, how is Arizona going to go? They have to go seven and two the rest of the way. They're three three and one. They can't do that. It just seems like a ridiculous setting situation now. Where if they lost, fine, they'd be you know whatever whatever they would be three well, and four. But 
I don't know. It feels like it feels like the tie doesn't really help them as much as it I should. I absolutely agree with your fix. I think my fix is way more fun. Oh, but, so much better. But your fix is what the NFL should actually it's do. They yeah. should not. They should just be. There should be a little infinity symbol where the time is. Right. It's, it's just until somebody wins. Yeah. You know, like, like based you, on the rules. There's no yeah. kickoff. There's no halftime kickoff. Yeah. You just you can play 15 minute quarters and keep switching sides of the field. But that's it. There's no halftime. There's no stopping. You just keep going. Somebody scores. The game's freaking over. We move on. Somebody won. I mean, I don't know, you know, soccer, I understand why they go to penalty kicks in soccer. By the way, soccer doesn't have ties. Penalty kicks well, in soccer do, are super exciting, right. by the way. They, they are. And actually, soccer does have ties, but they don't have ties, you know, in the World Cup final. I guess they don't have ties in the Super Bowl either. No, they yeah. think about it the playoffs. No, they so don't. it's the same thing. But the problem with penalty kicks is that it's completely different than the rest of the game. Like, right. It's like watching, you know, I don't know, ice skating and now you're or hockey, and then you have like a synchronized. You know, dance off. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Why would that determine the winner? But that's what they do basically with soccer, right? Or football, as they say. Yeah. So to me, this as makes they sense. Probably should say they're still We're playing. Wrong they're still playing one. the net. Yeah, that's true. They're still playing football or American football the same way. Everything's the same. It's just whoever scores next wins. It seems totally reasonable. Yep. All right. Good. I'm glad we got there. Shall we do another? Yes. Great. Jay Recker writes in. Finally, Jay Recker. Yeah. This is actually from a little while ago. He asks. This is an interesting way to ask it. Is there a three-step process? That's the beginning. So three steps, Grant. For baseball to be America's sport once again. Remember, of course, the World Series has started. And, you know, it would be nice if we were more interested in it. Put another way. This is me now. What can baseball do to get more people under the age of 60 to care about it? A three-step process. Three-step process, Grant. So I I know Jay Rucker is a great fan, and I really appreciate all his fandom. I assume he must be in some sort of job where they talk about three-step process all the time. Maybe he just thought it would be fun to watch you you know, have to do these machinations. Well, I'm definitely not going to do three steps. (laughs) Sorry, Jay. (laughs) I'm going to do my best without the three steps. Uh, You should try three steps. Let's see what comes of it. All right. So to make baseball more interesting again, I think we have to change the rules. I think that's clear. Sure. Right? So, okay, what is let, – let me ask you this. Maybe you can help me out here. Sure. All right. Sometimes the drunk needs some help. The sober guy's here. Yeah. What do you think are the biggest problems with baseball as far as its popularity? Why is it declining? Okay. I think there are several problems. I think the biggest problem is the lack of interesting athletic action. In baseball. Right. It's just like the heroic catch. That's that's most of it. That is most of it. I guess the dramatic home run at least feels it's not really athletic to watch so much. A guy hits a ball far, so there's that's yeah. sort of athletic. But it isn't amazing to watch because it kind of looks the same as when the guy hits a single, right? The ball yeah. just goes different. As opposed to someone like in basketball making a dunk or an incredible block or an incredible steal. The block. Yes. Uh, in the NFL, watching someone make a great defensive play, sack the quarterback. There's also a variation to the kind of athletic things we're going to watch. Yeah. You see very little of that in baseball. I think that really hurts the sport. Right. Okay. Anything else? Um, what else? I mean, the fact that most of the game on TV is you're just watching the pitcher stand there, and then he throws the ball, and it's a quarter of a second later, then it's just in the catcher's mitt, and then you watch the catcher for a little bit, then you're back to watching the pitcher and the batter standing there. There's very little actually watching. There's very little action. There's just a lot of standing around, which people argue happens in football too. But at least in football, it's for there's like 10 or 15-second increments of extreme athletic play as opposed to these very quick things where it's the same thing happens over and over. I All think right. that really hurts it. I was I was going to go one direction, but I'm going to go another. Okay. Because I think changing the rules is not the right answer because of the diehard baseball fans would be so upset. 
Yes, they would. Yeah, they'd be so upset, and it would ruin everything for a lot of people. And it, it doesn't matter then because the other people who might become baseball fans are already bigger fans of other sports, right? So it doesn't. You're going to lose too much to gain that. I mean, depending, so, but sure. So I'm going to go with a, a crazy route here. I mean, why and, not? And so maybe the, there's some legal ramifications. Maybe I can't control these, but um, I don't know exactly how sports betting laws work in America. But if the MLB made it very clear that they wanted everybody to bet on every play, like mm-hmm. what's going to happen on this play? A yeah. single, it's like nine to one, a double, you know, whatever. Yeah. The, the MLB gives odds for every play live as the game happens, and it even comes on your TV and you can fucking interact with it mm-hmm. and bet on every single play, either with play money or real money. That's a fix. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. You could be almost tournament style, too. So instead of you betting, you, you pay like $20, you get like 100 virtual chips. Yeah. And then at the end of the game, if you have more than 100 chips, you win your $20 plus some, maybe I you mean, win $40. It's, this is a disaster for baseball that this is the fix that I'm coming up with because <laughs> yeah. obviously maybe it's just me or me and you and yeah. a lot of America, but I think baseball is pretty boring. Yeah, you know, like I think it's a great World Series that's going on. It's cool because of the history, but who gives a shit? I mean, I don't. I mean, guess who's not watching it right now? Yeah, we aren't. We're, yeah. we're doing drunk sports, uh, but we also we wouldn't be watching. We it, didn't right? suspend drunk. We we almost suspended drunk sports to watch one of the debates, but it turned out it wasn't on Tuesday. It was on a Wednesday. And we're talking about suspending drunk sports next week because the end of the. In fact, we are going to suspend it. Yeah, because the end of the World Series of Poker is on, and we're definitely going to be watching that. And we we have to watch that. It's part of our job, really. Right, right. But Wednesday we will do drunk. Sports. We'll do a late. Yeah, drunk we'll sports. do. We'll do it one day late. Yeah. That's true. So don't worry. There will be a late drunk sports next week, but it will be late. Yes. Anyway, so baseball is so boring that I think we have to be able to bet on every play, and I think it it can't be like off track betting or or kind of like illegitimate betting. It has to be like the MLB endorses this betting, right? And there's like really easy ways to bet on each play immediately, like all on the time. Facebook. Yeah, like just really quick betting on each play. Mm-hmm. So you actually care about each play. You know, like you care yeah. if the pitcher throws a strike or a ball, you know, stuff like that. That's how you fix baseball because baseball has so many different inflection points in the game. They're just all very boring. We should watch a baseball game where we do this against each other. Where we actually bet on every. Do you know single how hard that would pitch. be for us? We'd have to the, re, the the reason that this is so hard to do. Somebody would have to construct an app that was like super fast and capable of keeping up with this. For us to do this analog would be so difficult as the game went. <laughs> we could totally. We could do, do it. it on like a DVR and pause it after every play. I mean, there's a lot of time between each pitch. There's like yeah. 45 seconds between yeah, each pitch. Yeah, I bet once we start, you'll be like, "Okay, shit, you were right." <laughs> I don't think so, drunk guy. Okay. I think you're wrong. But I want to say this, coming back to your, your idea, and you're saying it's sort of sad for baseball that it's come to this. The thing that drives the NFL more than anything else is effectively gambling dollars. And that may just be betting straight on the game. That may be fantasy football dollars. That may be DFS, daily fantasy sports dollars. But all that ultimately truly is gambling dollars, right? Yeah. So football would be popular, but nothing at all like what it is, right? Fantasy football has really helped football. Yes. And honestly, DFS has helped football. Yeah. And gambling in straight-up sports excuse me, sports books and sports betting has absolutely helped football ride the wave and really football hung its hat on that before fantasy football became a thing for years. Like Jimmy the Greek became famous, you know, picking games before, you know, in the CBS pregame show and stuff like mm-hmm. that. That was a thing because so many people bet on football and that's just where people want to bet on for whatever reason because it's easy, I guess. It's, it's more fun to yeah. watch. It makes more sense. I don't know. Points matter more. 
I'm not sure. Either way, we need to be able to bet on everything that happens in baseball. Yes, every single play. I like that a lot. That's a great first step in the three-step process. What yeah. else you got? <laughs> that's all I got, man. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's pretty I, – I can try to come up with something else. But isn't that pretty good? No, that's a really interesting idea for sure. You're, you're, both your fixes have been pretty cool this week. All right. All right what if we – you got another one because I was going to No, no, it. you please say something. What if we had some sort of restriction on what type of people were allowed to play baseball? Hold on. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not like that. Not like that. No, wow. I, mean, I mean, like a height restriction or something like that. So, like, you couldn't be more than like five foot two. Okay. What? If, okay. How about this? How yeah. about this idea instead of that? Okay. You had to have one player. So there's nine players in the field, right? Yeah. You had to have at least one player who is seven feet or taller. Yeah, this, I'm liking this. At least one player who is six eight or taller. Okay. At least one player who is six six or taller. Six five, six four, six three, six two. Six one six, and then you have to have at least one player who is five four or shorter, yeah. and one player who is five feet or shorter. Oh man! Can can also one of them, one of the guys who's um, over five four, can only have one arm or <laughs> one hand or something? No, like no, that. It's, it's, it's too small of a pool. You're right; it's a very small yeah. pool. That's a good point. Okay, yeah, um, that would make baseball. I don't know if I'd actually watch it, but I'd watch the first time it happened. I don't know if I'd stick. It would with make it. the draft interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball's got competition for those seven footers from Europe who can't wow. shoot for shit. You That's know? a like, great point, yeah. actually. A seven footer on every team? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. You know, there. You know, there's very few seven footers even in the United States. Period. Something like twenty percent of the seven footers who are who are of age are playing in the NBA in America. Something like I that. I think the statistic is seventeen percent of all seven footers who are alive right now, seven footers or bigger. Are either in the NBA or have played in the NBA. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. In the world. That's Not, crazy. Yeah. You would think there would be more seven first than that, but I guess we're sort of, our, our availability heuristic, as yes. you would say, um, is all messed up. It's messing us up. Well done with your heuristics. Thank you. I'm trying. I said yeah. that uh, the other day, too, in uh, our our other thing. Yeah, nobody cares. Poker thing. Yeah. I said it. I said yeah. it. Good job, buddy. Congratulations. Anyway, so that's step two. You're like the five foot four guy on the team. <laughs> that's good though, right? I'm, I'm important. Yeah. That's, that's a tough draft too. So wait a second. You're so playing shortstop for sure, right? So we're saying though, like so between five five and like six feet, you're not allowed to play major league baseball. Anymore. No, fuck you. They have their own league. Yeah, get out of here. Second league, bottom league. Yeah. No one cares about shitty you. league. A league of their own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's so we have two steps now. We bet on every single thing. And massive height restrictions at every position is effectively, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's two steps. What's the third? All right, here we go. Okay. I'm, I'm going to try really hard because Great. I still don't have anything. I'm gonna, just going to talk. Okay. Still talking? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So put a pool yeah. in the outfield. How big? Olympic. Oh, my Olympic God. Olympic pool in center field. That it, is huge. No, that is, that's, more, that's like the size of center field. It can't be that big. Okay, not that big. But right. how about how about like a third of the size? A third of the size. Okay. Yeah, right. So it I don't know what happens if you hit it into the pool, but maybe it's like a ground rule double. I think if it goes in the pool and no one catches if it hits water, it should be a home run. No, it should not. Why no. not? Give me a fucking break. It's so easy to hit the pool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we need more scoring in baseball anyway. No. Also, then someone who's really good at just that could be like one of the five four guys who leads the league in home runs. No, one time for the five. No, the pool guys. is a ground rule double. All right, give me a break. Come on. And the pool, okay, the pool, we gotta we gotta size the pool here. I I went way too far when I said it should be Olympic yeah. size. I think the pool should be like forty by forty, something like that. that. Oh well, that's huge. No, that's too big, man. That's way too. I was big. talking about inches. Forty. Oh, <laughs> no. okay, that's fine. No, no, okay. forty by forty feet is insanely big. All right, one hundred and sixty square feet. You can't 20, do that. Twenty by twenty. 
I don't know, maybe. That feels big, too, but that's at least possible. I mean, we've got a 20 by 20, 20 if you pool. A, if you had a 10 by 10 pool, then every ball that hit water that wasn't caught first could be a home run. No. I'm just a, saying. It's a can you, bubble. Can you imagine a guy running to try and catch a ball and just going head first into the water because he, he's so caught up in it? Or he's to run around the pool? And he also, can't, he can't, also he can't you know, I don't want anybody to get hurt. So yeah. it's not like a pool that has concrete around the edges. No, of course it's like not. It's got like big, nice, billowy, buoy type. Type inflated stuff, but they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna make them trip. There's nothing. No, they're just grass, and then there's the pool, and it's like a you know. And you can like that. You can sell seats in the pool to the fans. No, that's bad. People are gonna die. Yeah, but they they know the risks. They <laughs> sign a waiver. It's like it's like going to a NASCAR yeah. event, basically. Yeah. You know, people die at those NASCAR events. Yep. Fairly regularly. Don't go. I'm never going. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. I think we have our three step process to save baseball. So I don't know, Jay, if that was the three steps you were looking for because <laughs> they weren't exactly. Sequential, <laughs> but they all—they you know—they all can work, and there are separate steps, which is kind of exciting. Maybe one of them will blow up. We don't yeah. need—we don't need all three of them to work now because they don't rely on each other. Right? It's brilliant. Yeah. All right, that was pretty great. Okay, good. You did, you did good, man. Thank you. You Thank really you. did good to this time with let the drunk fix on, I, on both both uh, problems. I appreciate that. I was pretty excited by those. All right, so just to wrap things up, we're going to be back next Wednesday night. That's because, as we mentioned, we're taking Tuesday off because. The final of the World Series. Our of poker main is job on. is to be poker people. Yeah, so we're going to be live tweeting that on our main Twitter account, which is of course two poker guys. But send in your suggestions at Drunk Sports Show for Let the Drunk Fix It for whatever else you want us to talk about next week. Tell us how you're doing with uh, Drink Along with Grant. Anything else? Keep us informed. Yeah, and that's a really boring way to end the podcast. But we're hey, out. <laughs> let's go to the moon.